Thanks for joining us for Life Vineyard Church. Hi. If we haven't met yet, my name's Dan, and I'm one of the lead pastors here at Life. And uh, I, before I start, I, I want to say thanks for, three, for one thing, but in three ways. I want to say thanks for giving. Like, you guys give every week, and I, I'm so appreciative of that. And I want to give you three things. Uh, the first is the parade yesterday. So I want to thank anyone that helped out with the parade for giving of their time, um, for coming to the parade, for making the float, all this stuff here. I got some pictures of some smiling faces that are um, wearing that new t-shirt that you can get from Dale because uh, he's a good model. And uh, so I want to thank you for that. And so even if you didn't go to the parade or help out in the parade, I want to let you know that you gave. Uh, if you've given, you helped us buy candy and popsicles and all of that stuff for the parade. So I want to say thank you for that. Thank you for giving. And then number two is last week, the youth had a, an event where almost 20 kids came, uh, six through 12th graders came to bowl. And as a former youth pastor, here's what I know. What gets kids to events is free food and free events, right? And then kids come. And so I want to thank you for giving so that we could do that. Like every kid could come and not pay a dime and they could bowl with their friends for free. And uh, I, I just think that's awesome that you guys give so that we can do stuff like that. And then lastly, we got a card in the mail from Muhammad Area Youth Club this week. And they say, Life Vineyard Church members, thank you. Nice big thank you underlined. We could not have provided a safe summer camp environment without your help. We are truly grateful for community members such as you willing to step up and help us with summer meals. So a couple weeks ago, we helped them with summer meals. And even if you didn't help out, first of all, if you did go there and hand out meals and stuff, thank you. And even if you didn't, you gave so that we could buy some meals for them. So thank you for giving. Those are three ways in just the last week where your giving has made a difference in the community. And I just love your generosity. You guys are amazing. So I just wanted to commend you for it and say, good job. Thank you. All right. I have a question for you. What, and this is for you online too. If you guys are online, type this in the chat. Uh, you can shout it out. What was your favorite childhood movie? Or what was just a movie that you loved as a child? You can shout it out. What was it? Princess Bride. That's a good one. What else? What other childhood movies are out there? Braveheart. All right, that's a great childhood movie. Hopefully you were like 15 or 16-year-old child. Uh, what else? What else we got? Forrest Gump. Star Wars. Oh, Herbie. Who loves Herbie? Raise your hand. Come on. Yeah, Herbie. He was great. Mary Poppins. That's a great one. No, <laughs> I'm not even going to say that one. I knew I was venturing into dangerous territory here. Now, with those movies, with those movies, did you watch them just once? No. When you're a kid and you have a movie, especially when it's on VHS um, people or, uh, you know, you, you watch that movie over and over and over again, right? You don't get bored of it. My kids can watch the same movie like a thousand times and, and they're fine. You find, like, comfort in the familiar of the movie. You find excitement and inspiration in discovering something you haven't noticed, like, when you watch it for the 25th time. And then, especially as an adult, when you rewatch these movies, maybe for the 50th time, you pick up on these, 
new beautiful themes that you didn't notice before, or maybe some jokes that you weren't old enough to get, right? And you noticed some things that you didn't notice as a kid. For some of you, today's message will be your first time hearing and understanding the kingdom of God. That's what today's message is about, the kingdom of God. And my hope for you is that this message becomes like that childhood movie that you just want to watch over and over and over and just dive deep into and find out more about. One of those movies that you just can't get enough of. And for the others of you, the kingdom of God is familiar to you. It's the movie that you've already seen 25 times. And my hope is that today you are inspired and encouraged by the familiarity and the comfort that the message of renewal and freedom in the kingdom of God brings. And I hope you're inspired that you see something new about the kingdom of God that you didn't notice before. So we're talking about the kingdom of God today because um, we're in this mini-message series called Life Mission, and we're taking a look at what makes us Life Vineyard, what's important to us at Life Vineyard. And so last week and this week, it's just this short little mini-series, we're highlighting just a couple concepts of the many that make us Life Vineyard Church. Now, two weeks is not much time, right? Like, you can't cover what a church is all about in just, uh, what do we have, half-hour messages uh, in a total of an hour. And so I, I want to recommend to you, if you want to know more about the church, more about what we believe, what's important to us, go look up on our podcast, uh, Life Vineyard DNA is a series that we did last, I think, September and October. It's called Life Vineyard DNA. I think it's an eight-week series, and you can find out way more. You can take a deeper dive into some of this stuff if you want to find out more. So you can, we're on every podcast app. You can just search Life Vineyard Church or Life Muhammad, and it'll come right up there. That series is called Life Vineyard DNA. So understanding the kingdom of God is really important to us here at Life because it's key to understanding Jesus. The good news of the kingdom of God is Jesus' main message. The good news of the kingdom of God is Jesus' main message. In fact, so in Matthew, just the book of Matthew alone that, I, that, re, uh, that recalls the life of Jesus, Jesus talks about the kingdom of God 50, over 50 different times. He talks about the kingdom of God. And you've probably heard some of these before. Like when Jesus is describing the kingdom, he talks about how the first will be last and the last will be first. I like to tell my kids that, right? There's uh, kingdom talk in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will receive the kingdom of God. There's kingdom talk in the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when Jesus is talking about the pursuit of money and possessions, he ends his message about that, saying, uh, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And so if this is Jesus' main message, and we're supposed to seek the kingdom of God above all else, then maybe we should know what the kingdom of God is. We should know what that is and study it and look at, look at it so we, know, we make sure that we're doing it, so we can make it our priority. And here's, here's my working definition of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God. It's 
what happens when his will is done, we experience the kingdom. And so the kingdom of God is wherever the reign and will of God is happening. There's another vineyard pastor. His name's Rich Nathan. He's in Columbus, Ohio. And he, he puts it like this. He says, very simply, the kingdom of God is what things would be like if Jesus ran everything and if his will was done everywhere. The kingdom of God is what things would be like if Jesus was in charge. When we pray your kingdom come, we are saying that we want this situation to be like, be what it would be like if you, Lord, were in charge, if your will was done. We say your kingdom has come and the Lord totally has his way when he is running the show. The line that really sticks out to me there is that the kingdom of God is what things would be like if Jesus ran the show. Now, we all know that Jesus is in charge. We know that. But we still have will power, right? We still have free will to say no to the things of Jesus. Now, allow me to address a common misconception about the kingdom of God. And that misconception is that the kingdom of God or the, uh, the, that the kingdom of God is like a place, a physical place, like it's heaven or it's a physical place. And we kind of get that because Jesus uses some terms interchangeably. He says the kingdom of heaven, uh, the kingdom of God, my father's kingdom. He uses these phrases, but they're all exactly meaning the same thing. And so Jesus says over and over again that the kingdom of God is here, that it's present now. Now, He does not say that, okay, you're going to experience the kingdom of God after you die. When you die and you live a good life and you follow me, then you'll experience the kingdom of God. He says you get to experience the kingdom now, here and now. In fact, he tells a group of people that that they won't, that they'll see the kingdom of God before they die. Like they're going to see it in their lifetime. Because Jesus is about to demonstrate what it looks like for God's will to be done as it is in heaven. It's not confined to a place. It's not confined to heaven or to a church or to a holy site. The kingdom of God is available everywhere, anywhere, and to anyone. It is present wherever his reign and his will is happening. And so, to experience the kingdom of God is to experience life with Jesus running the show. Is this on? This is on? Okay. Um, Okay. So now we know that the kingdom of God is available to anyone, anywhere. So what does it look like? What does it look like when the kingdom of God is present? That question is answered. In the life of Jesus, as we read about it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, we read about what it looks like to have the kingdom brought to us. Jesus was bringing the kingdom of God. Jesus was bringing value to people who had no value or that society gave no value to. He was bringing value to. He was healing people physically, emotionally, spiritually. He brought hope. He brought forgiveness. He brought restoration He brought renewal to people so that we can be called sons and daughters of God. In a sense, he was setting broken things right. That's what he was doing, setting broken things right. 
the kingdom of God would be what it would be like if Jesus was in charge. And Jesus is setting broken things right. That's what he wants. This is the mission of the kingdom, that broken things would be set right. His kingdom would come to earth as it is in heaven. We read about this, uh, this perfect picture of God's kingdom, like the complete kingdom happening. We read about this in Revelation. It's Revelation 21, 3 through 5. He says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. And these things, all these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, this is Jesus saying this, Look, I am making everything new. What a beautiful image of the kingdom. God with us, making his home with us taking tender care of us, wiping away tears, taking away pain, ridding the world of tears and sorrow, death, pain, injustice of every kind, gone. I think, I really believe that every soul longs for this in their lives, longs for this kind of perfect world. And when we look at the life of Jesus, We see him bringing this good kingdom in many places that he goes. And he's the perfect example of what it looks like for someone to bring the kingdom of God to the world. Here's a difficult question, though, and it's one that I've had. I think everyone's thought this at some point, that if Jesus brought the kingdom, then why is there so much brokenness in our world still? Why are there still wars Why do we have horrible diseases? Why are there natural disasters? Why is there so much evil throughout the world? The answer to that isn't an easy one, but we have, we do have an answer. And that's because Jesus inaugurated his kingdom when he came. So the kingdom is already, Jesus brought it, but it's not here in the full. It's not complete yet. I use the phrase, this has been used in vineyards for a long time, the already and the not yet. Meaning that Jesus brought the kingdom, it's already here, but it's also not yet. It's not in its full, as we read about in Revelation there. So the future age that we read about in Revelation, where evil is eradicated forever, it's been initiated through Jesus when he came to earth. And Jesus has initiated the presence of the kingdom of God. God's rule as king breaks into this present age to defeat evil and heal brokenness. Now the perfect kingdom of God belongs to a future age. Like what we read about in Revelation is is still to come. But the blessing and power of the future age are no longer exclusive to that future age, but they can become a present reality. We get to experience kingdom life now, not in its fullest, but in a taste. 
there's a, a scholar, his name was George Elton Ladd. He was a New Testament scholar that did a lot of work on kingdom theology like this. And this is what he says about it. He says, The age to come is still future, but we may taste the power of that age. Something has happened by virtue of which that belongs to the future has become present. The power of the age to come have penetrated this age. While we still live in the present evil age, and while Satan is still the god of this age, we may taste the powers of the coming age. Now a taste is not a seven-course banquet. We still look forward to the glorious consummation and fulfillment of that which we have only tasted. Yet a taste is real. It is more than a promise. It is a realization. It is an experience. Will you pull up that, uh, that Revelation verse again? When you look at this verse, like we're tasting some of this now, much of this now. And if we work backwards, we're seeing uh, lives being made new by the forgiveness and grace of Jesus. We see people receiving comfort and peace and, and even healing as we pray for his kingdom to come. I see this every week as you guys put your hands on each other and, and pray for one another. I love that. You are bringing kingdom peace to each other and asking for God's kingdom to come in a radical way. I've seen those things happen here in this church. We read that God will make his home among us. Isn't that beautiful? He will be God with us. And we don't always realize it, but this theme of God with us goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, Eden in Genesis. When God is with his people there, with Adam and Eve, walking with them. And when Adam and Eve choose to make their own kingdom and say, hey, we're going to do things our way, not your way anymore. God still makes a way to be with them. And so we read in uh, that I'm, I'm summing up like tons of history in just a few seconds. And so uh, G, uh, God says, hey, make a tabernacle, a tent, and I will be with you in that tent. And wherever the people of Israel traveled, because they were nomadic people at the time, he went with them. He was with his people. And then when they settled down in Jerusalem, he said, make a temple. My presence will be in that temple. My presence will be there. I will be with my people. And when people still continue to turn their backs on Jesus and choose their own kingdom over God's kingdom, he came as a man, as Jesus Christ, as a servant to be with us. And we praise him every Christmas, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. But that's not a Christmas word. That's an everyday word. God, Emmanuel means God with us. We get to be with God every day. He was the perfect example of what it looks like to bring his kingdom to earth. And he lived, Jesus lived a perfect life, but died a sinner's death. And in doing so, because he lived a perfect life, he took on our sin for himself. He put our sin on his shoulders. Every way that we've turned our, way, our backs on God, he took on his shoulders. He took the punishment for. But death, it couldn't hold him because of his perfection, because he is God. Death couldn't hold him. And three days later, he conquered death and sin with and for us. 
Why? So that we could be with Him. And God could be with us without sin in the way. This is God's mission from the beginning. If I could sum up all of Scripture in just a few words, it would be God with us. It's God's pursuit of man to be with us. Even though we just run away all the time, don't we? But he pursues us. He wants to be with us. That's why Jesus came. So that we can be with God. Experiencing his kingdom every day. John 10.10 10 says that I have come. This is Jesus talking. He says, I have come so that they may have life and have it to the fullest. Life to the fullest. Life abundantly. And we experience that fullness when we live with the kingdom of God and we're able to have life with God because of Jesus' death and resurrection. He lived a perfect and righteous life for us because we can't. And then he gifts that perfectness to us, that righteousness to us, so that we can be with God. There's a verse in 1 Peter 3.8 that kind of sums that up. It says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteousness for the unrighteous. The righteous for the unrighteous. Why? To bring us to God, it says. To bring us to God. To be with God. In the accounts of Matthew and Mark, Jesus begins his ministry saying that the kingdom is here. It's like the celebration. Saying that the kingdom of God is present. And with that statement, he says something else that's really important for us to know. So let me read it to you. This is from Mark. Mark 1.14. Jesus went to Galilee, where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. Like This is what the Jewish people have been waiting for. And he says, it's here. The time promised by God is here at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. So besides believing the good news that the kingdom of God is here, we're also told to do something that can be really difficult. To repent. To say sorry for the ways that we've kind of turned our backs on God. For the way that we've lived in our own kingdom apart from God. The way that we've chose our own way. And repenting is really a way that we just say, God, I'm sorry for that. And I'm going to turn away from those things that grieve you, and I'm going to run towards your kingdom. It's a really important step to take as we seek the kingdom of God. Maybe you're here today and like, you know that there's, that God's calling you to repent. Like, I think we all have that within us, that there's some things that we hold on to that we're not quite ready to say sorry for. It's kind of scary. Maybe it's something specific. Maybe it's a season you went through where you've had your back turned on God. And you can feel God nudging your heart right now, encouraging you to say sorry and yes, to repent. What I mean by sorry and yes is sorry, I'm sorry God for living selfishly, for living in my own kingdom and not yours. 
And then I say yes to you. I say yes to your kingdom. I say yes to your full, abundant life that you have for me there. And some of you are here and you've never said yes to Jesus ever in your life. And you can feel it in your heart right now like God's calling you to himself. Into his beautiful kingdom life. And the first step to experience that kingdom to experience God in your everyday life is repentance. And that happens with just a really simple prayer. Something like saying, I'm sorry for living life without you. Jesus, I receive your forgiveness. And today I'm saying yes to living with you. You know, it's really common for us as humans to have this false belief that repenting means that God wants us to like wallow around in the swamp of our guilt and the swamp of everything we've done wrong. And that's, that's a lie. That's a lie from, this, uh, from, from the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom that wants to keep us from God. That's just not a right view of God, that he wants us to stay in this wallowing swamp of, of sadness and repentance. We see it all throughout Scripture. I mean, if we look back at, look, put up Mark again. If we look back at this verse in Mark, repentance is important for sure. It's in there. But the emphasis is on this good news, that the good news of the kingdom is here. It's, it's an announcement of like a great party or a wedding or something to celebrate. And we, we can receive that. We can go into that celebration by repenting and then running in to that celebration. Uh, when I was in college, I, did you guys ever eat questionable things in college? Like, you were just hungry, right? Uh, so that happened to me. It was, a, it was late night, I don't know how late, 10 or 11 or something, and um, I was like, man, I need a late night snack. Nothing was open. Restaurants were too far away. I went to a small college. We didn't have much on campus. And I opened the fridge, and what are the rules of the college fridge? No name, and it's yours, right? No name, free game. So I open the fridge, and I'm looking in there for no name stuff, and I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go. Old pizza. (laughs) Got an ew from Liz right there. And it wasn't even like Papa John's or Domino's or anything. It was like frozen pizza that someone had mildly burnt, and it, it looked questionable, but I was like, you know what? We'll give it a go. I've got a young immune system, we'll be all right. So I get it out, put it in the microwave. And as soon as I put it in the microwave, my roommate, one of my roommates gets home, his name's Jesse, with a giant paper bag of Starbucks goodies. Because he worked at Starbucks and he would bring home all of these yummy, tasty treats that were about to expire. We didn't care. There were delicious muffins and scones and cinnamon rolls and all that good stuff. And he brought it home And he was like, hey, I've got Starbucks, guys. And I was like, yes, this is awesome. I forgot about that pizza so fast, you know. I wanted nothing to do with it anymore. I think a lot of times the kingdom of God is like that, where we're offered this delicious, new, good, new, it's good food, And sometimes we're just like, we feel bad about this pizza, and so, I don't know, we stick around it for way too long. And I think that's what Mark's getting at in this verse. It's just leave, turn away from the bad pizza, and go celebrate with the good stuff that Jesus has brought. 
for us. I totally lost my place, so here we go. So we joyfully run into God's kingdom. Like Jesse bringing home the Starbucks goods when I'm about to eat pizza. I think that's how we run into God's kingdom. Repent, yes, for sure. But run into God's kingdom because he just wants to live life with us. And so we get a taste of that perfect future of the kingdom of God described in Revelation 21. If you look at Revelation 21, there are things that we are tasting even today because of Jesus bringing his kingdom and there are also times when the perfectness of the future age of heaven, they just reach back. It's like there's this, this, this future age of God's kingdom, and it reaches back into our age. Or I've heard it described as like this thin curtain that divides heaven and earth, and God pulls back this curtain, and heaven just pours out on us in these, in these special times. And there will be a day, Revelation 21, when the whole curtain is just pulled back, and Heaven completely takes over and there's a new heaven and a new earth where that tears, where, where the broken world is completely fixed for good by God. And that's why Jesus encourages us to pray for it to come. Pray for his kingdom. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven because it's available for us now, today. One more thing for you. Jesus isn't the only one who gets to bring the kingdom. I've been hinting at this throughout this message that perhaps you've already picked up on it, but you, as a follower of Jesus, as a Christian, get to bring God's kingdom to the world. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he told us, I'm going to send you a gift, a gift of God's spirit. Today we call, it, call him Holy Spirit. And he is with us today as Jesus' followers, guiding us, teaching us, showing us where we can bring the kingdom. He empowers us to bring the kingdom in the same way that Jesus did. Jesus said, you're going to do greater, because of the Holy Spirit, you're going to do greater things than I even did. I think that's amazing that we have access to what Jesus was doing. We continue on as kingdom bringers. If I say another word about this, I'll go on for another hour, and I've got to wrap it up. So I will tell you, we have this uh, sermon series called Empowered, where we just dive into how we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. I think we did that at the beginning of the year, so you can check that out on the podcast. It's called Empowered, where we just take a deep dive into how the Holy Spirit empowers you and I to bring God's kingdom just like Jesus did. Let me pray for us. Band, you guys can come up. Jesus, we thank you for your amazing plan of bringing your kingdom. It's so cool that, that we get to do the stuff that you were doing. That's incredible. And so thank you for that plan. Help us to say yes to you, Jesus. Sometimes when we know the kingdom stuff that we're supposed to be doing, when the Holy Spirit guides us there, we kind of turn a shoulder sometimes and we're sorry for doing that. And today we, we say yes to you. We want to, be, we want to be people that are bringing your kingdom just like you did. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Amen. At Life Vineyard Church, we want you to experience the life-changing presence of God. We'd love to have you join our community. We meet every Sunday in Muhammad, Illinois. To find out more, go to lifevineyard.org, lifevineyard.org. Oh, hey, you're still here. You're like one of my favorite people. The kind of person that like sticks around after church while everybody else has left. Like you're still one of the last ones talking. You're like the podcast version of that person. And while I have you here, uh, if you didn't know, this is Pastor Dan. Uh, while I have you here, I just want to say, hey, if you don't have a church home, we would love for you to come to life if you're in the central Illinois area. If you're listening to this outside of central Illinois, go find a vineyard church. Vineyard churches are amazing places. Go find one near you, and if you're not near a vineyard church, then uh, just find a church, a community of believers that you can be involved with, be in community with. I think we are our best spiritual selves when we are in community with other people who are following Jesus. That's what the church is for. So we hope to see you here, and if not here, go find a community of believers that you can get involved with this week. All right, thanks for listening. See you later.